podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's good, boys and girls? Welcome to the Two Footed Podcast. It is Tuesday, the 20th of July. We're brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. Virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things like American Netflix, access Now TV outside the UK, access the BBC iPlayer and all the Olympic coverage outside the UK will also allow you, if you're Irish living abroad, to access either the RT player or GAA Go if you want to catch up on the latest GAA action. LibertyShield.com, use the code EPLVPN, you'll get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland but shipping worldwide. HomeofHopcroft.co.uk. Right, folks, uh, we start with a rather shocking story. We're not going to get too into any kind of details, mainly because there aren't any and we don't want to speculate. Uh, a Premier League footballer has been arrested on suspicion of child sex offences. The 31-year-old man, who has not been named for legal reasons, was detained on Friday by Greater Manchester Police. In a statement, the club's the players' club confirmed he had been suspended and added it would continue supporting the authorities with inquiries and would not be commenting further. The player has been bailed pending further inquiries on the Everton website. Everton can confirm it has suspended a first-team player pending a police investigation. The club will continue to support the authorities with their inquiries and will not be making any further statements. So a 31-year-old Everton player. Look, I can't name names. There are only two in their squad. You can go and look up who they are. You can probably find it on social media whose name is going round. It's best, though, that everybody keep their own counsel. It's best that nobody spread this information, that nobody put a player's name out there without being 100% certain. And also, without it going further, just because he was arrested doesn't mean there's anything to it. If he gets charged, then that's something different. If he gets charged and goes to court and gets convicted, then, you know, the law will have been, been used in the correct manner. Let's not hang a player or any man out to dry without the full information, without detailed information on what has actually happened, what he has allegedly done. Let's not ruin a player's career. I mean, as things stand, it's very hard to see how that player will have a career in English football. I can only imagine the abuse he will face, even if nothing further comes of this. Even if he's never charged with this he will get torrents of abuse at every stadium he plays at. So it's a very difficult situation. You also have to factor in whoever else is involved and what they're going through. What's actually happened, we don't know. I have to mention it because it is a big story. I'm not going to mention it anymore. 
we'll see what happens. But for your own sake, don't tweet about it. Don't post about it on Facebook. Keep your counsel. Wait and see. If and when he is charged and convicted, then have your say. But until then, because A, you leave yourself open to libel, and B, you've also got the possibility that you could cause prejudice in the case. You don't want that to be the situation. Let's settle ourselves down. Let's wait and see. If it's an Adam Johnson situation, then it will get an Adam Johnson resolution, you'd imagine. Moving on. Liverpool have finally sold some players. Marco Grujic is off to Porto for £10.5 million. Now, Liverpool have deemed it a permanent transfer. Porto, for FFP reasons, they've had to do a loan with an obligation to buy. There's no opt-out. There's no opportunity for them to back out of this. They will be buying Marco Grujic in 12 months. They're paying £10.5 million. Liverpool also get a 10% sell-on clause. I assume it's 10% of the overall fee he goes for rather than 10% of, of any profit. They're also expected to sell Teu Awani to Union Berlin for 6.5 million. And again, that is to have a 10% sell-on fee. Both of these young players were brought to Liverpool and never really given an opportunity. Grujic was bought with massive hope. Peter Bubac, who was Jurgen Klopp's number two, was... Sorry, Peter. Zezko Bubac had massive, massive hope for this kid um, when Liverpool bought him from Red Star Belgrade for just over £5 million. In total, for Liverpool, he played 16 games, 8 in the league, 8 in different cups. Fairly disappointing return for five years, but they loaned him back to Red Star. Then they loaned him to Cardiff. They got a loan fee there. They loaned him to Hertha Berlin for two years, got two good loan fees, and then loaned him to Porto last year. Those four loans, they won to Cardiff, two to Hertha, one to Porto, those basically covered the transfer fee that they paid from. So the entire 10.5 million they get now is profit. So it has worked out for Liverpool. It hasn't worked for the player, but he gets a good move now. He goes on to a massive club. He struggled to settle in last season, struggled to get playing time. But in the second half of last season, he really established himself there. 36 appearances overall, 23 in the league was like November before he got a start in the league. But by the end of the season, he was playing regularly, playing well, and he scored two goals as well. So best of luck to him. I hope he does really well. He's a very talented player. I think he'll go on to add quite a few more to his 12 Serbian caps. And um, I think we'll see and hear more of Marco Grujic now over the next Four to five years. He is a very good young player. Well, not young anymore. He's 25. But he is a very good player with the potential to be a very good midfielder. Um, Teo Awani, I mean, Liverpool signed him six years ago. He has never kicked a ball for the club. He has been on loan at Frankfurt, NEC, Moosegran, Ghent, Moosegran again, Mainz, and now Union Berlin. He's had a couple of good seasons. He was very good at Moosegran. Um 
in 47 overall games for them. He scored 21 goals. Last season, he got five in 22 for Union Berlin. He's a big unit. He's incredibly strong, pretty quick, not a particularly good finisher, but he is a talented player. At 23, it's the right time for him to move on. It wasn't going to work at Liverpool. He did finally get his um, work permit after years of waiting, but all that does is allow him to head on to Berlin permanently. 6.5 million, um, considering they paid 400,000 for him, and they'll have gotten a bunch of loan fees. It's a good return as well. Uh, they can put that all into the pot and hopefully be able to buy a player uh, with one or two more sales. But good to see Liverpool finally getting players out the door. Harry Wilson expected to be one of the next ones out. I think Nat Phillips probably goes. Shakiri probably goes. Ben Woodburn will go. Loris Karius, you'd imagine, will go. I think they'd ideally like to sell, obviously, Origi and Shakiri, But Origi doesn't seem to want to leave. And Shakiri, I think the price is a little bit high at the minute. But I still think both will be out the door before the end of the season. One surprising name who might stick around at the club is Taki Minamino. I think if a good offer comes in, he'll go. I think Liverpool are posturing a little bit because they don't want to sell him too cheap. But I think if Southampton come in with a decent offer, he'll go there. Um, Nico Williams could also go there. Meant to be big interest in Nico from the Saints. He can play a little bit both sides, largely right back, but he can play a little bit at left back. So that could help them. They need a full back who can play both sides in reserve. Tottenham are getting busy. Tottenham have uh, agreed a deal with Atalanta to bring Pierluigi Gollini in as the first signing of the Nuno and Paratici, excuse me, Paratici era. It's going to be a loan with an option to buy. He potentially becomes an obligation, I think, if he plays a certain amount of games. Now, he came through at Fiorentina and then Manchester United picked him up at 17. He was there for two years. He went back to Italy with Hellas Verona. Then Aston Villa signed him. He played 20, yeah, 20 games for them in the championship back in 16-17. Wasn't always the most promising. But he's gone on to Atalanta and done very well there for himself, it must be said. And he's won an Italian cap. I'm not a big fan of him. But I do think it was important for... Tottenham to bring in a new goalkeeper this summer. They obviously don't have enormous amounts of money to spend, but if they can get him in on loan and it's a decent fee for next summer, you see how you how he does. And if he's good enough, you keep him. If he's not, you send him back. No risk for Spurs. They're also been linked with Christian Romero from Atalanta. He's a brilliant centre back. I'm just not sure that Atalanta let him go just yet. I think it would take a massive fee. Now Spurs were rumored to be trying to get Jules Kunde. So maybe they're prepared to set, to spend quite a bit of money. Um, my good friend, the spoofer with the catchphrase, is reporting as an exclusive that Tottenham have reached an agreement with Sevilla over the transfer of Brian Gill. Um, 25 million euro plus Eric Lamella is allegedly the fee. Gill is a 20-year-old winger, super talented, super highly regarded. Already capped three times by the Spanish national team. Spent last year on loan with Ibar. Was impressive. He was. He was very, very impressive. He's an immense dribbler. Hugely talented. And doesn't turn 21 until February. 
it's a gamble. Bringing in a young player from any other country is always a gamble. But if this is true, if Spurs pull this off, you will have to tip the caps to them. They'll have bought one of the most exciting young players in Spain. At a good price as well. £25 million plus Lamella. I mean, Lamella wasn't... Re- he hasn't really been a factor for Spurs for the last couple of seasons. Um, the odd spectacular goal aside, he's got a year left on his contract. He's been at Spurs nine years now, which is incredible. When they signed him from Roma, he was one of the next big things. Hasn't hasn't worked for him, obviously. He never became the player he was expected to be. Largely because they've often used him wrong. They've used him as a left winger. He's he's a 10. That's his best role as a 10. He can play off the right and he's quite good off the right. But Spurs often used him off the left and he was never comfortable there. His Spurs career also started in very rough fashion. His brother was kidnapped a couple of months after he signed for them. Then he tore his thigh muscle. Uh, he missed most of that season. He missed most of 16-17. That was a hip injury. Um, but, you know, four to six goals most seasons, 11 in 15-16. He will offer goals. I think in in La Liga, he'll get more goals. And if they keep En Naziri and Ocampos, then that as a front three could be quite interesting. Um, there's already, obviously, a few other Argentines at Sevilla. Papu Gomez is there. They signed him in January from Atalanta. He'll be a great help. Ocampus, like I mentioned, and Marcus Acuna, the the left back. So, you know, he'll know people there. There's people he know from the from the the Argentine squad. Um, so I think he'll be comfortable enough. I think it's a good move for him. I'm just surprised that Sevilla were willing to let Brian Gill go. I really am. It's what they do, though. You know, they're they're the Spanish version of Atalanta. They want to buy older players that are below value and get the most out of them. They buy players to develop them and flip them. And they develop their own young players and sell them off early at big prices before any kind of flaws in their games get spotted. So... It makes sense for Sevilla. It's just it's a little bit surprising to me. I thought he'd be a part of the team next season. Um, moving on, Brentford have made their first signing since gaining promotion. Frank Onyeka arriving from Mitteland, who is their sister club in Denmark. He is a defensive midfielder, Nigerian-born. Very, very aggressive player. Scored a couple of tremendous goals last season. Um, not a huge goal scorer, seven goals in 61 Super League games, seven and 34 championship round games, though. So he does turn up in big games. Um, should be a good addition. Very highly rated, wins the ball a lot, a lot of tackles, a lot of interceptions. Should be a good addition for them. A rumor to have paid about 10 million. So, you know, they're putting the money where the mouth is. It's obviously a player they believe in. He's been in their system for a while. Um, he's been with Mitalian since 2017. They actually signed, sorry, since 2016. Yeah, they actually signed him into their under-19 setup, then promoted him to the first team a year later. He's done four years with the senior team, and now he gets his Premier League move. So, look, you can't, you can't argue. They're going to know the player really well. They rarely make mistakes. Brentford's recruitment is incredible. If you haven't 
if you have a subscription to The Athletic, there's a really, really good article on The Athletic with the director of recruitment at Brentford. His name escapes me. He was formerly the sporting director at Bury. Um, what is his name? Lee Dykes. Very, very interesting person. He's worked at a bunch of different clubs. He seems very, very switched on. He's director of player recruitment for Brentford and Mittelland. He's worked at Bury. He was at Carlisle for nearly four years. He was actually the assistant manager along with being head of recruitment. Uh, there he worked at Oldham. He worked at Notts County. He's worked at Crawley as, as a, an opposition scout for, for a while as well. So well-schooled in the game um, and comes across very, very well in the interview that he does with the Athletic. It's a, it's a very good piece. It gives a, a good insight into how Brentford work, how they operate, what they want, what they look for. Um, there's a, another good piece actually on the Athletic. It is about sporting directors and what they do and are they successful? And it's a bit of a, you know, an in-depth look into that role as well. So if you've got half hour to spare, check out those two. Don't recommend checking out the new James Pierce article, which having put his name to the one with David Ornstein yesterday about Jordan Henderson, he begins this one um, basically fawning over Henderson and practically demanding that Liverpool give the injury-prone 31-year-old who'll be 33 when this contract expires a new contract. He then goes on to say that Liverpool cannot re-sign Mane, Firmino and Salah to new deals and that they need to be ruthless and that maybe one of them should be sold. Bizarre. A bizarre approach to take. So you want a new deal for the 31-year-old who's injury prone, but not for all of the 29-year-olds who aren't injury prone, are largely bulletproof and have contributed far more to Liverpool's success. Baffling. Baffling stuff from my pal Jimbo. Um, don't read that one. It's nonsense. Read the other ones, though. There's a lot of good work on The Athletic. There really is. I don't necessarily agree with their business practice. I certainly don't agree with them ever taking the moral high ground and anything. But Daniel Taylor's there. I think he's one of the two best sports writers in the country. Him and Hayward with The Telegraph. Hayward's phenomenal. Taylor's on his way. He's just a great, great writer. He, great reporter and a great columnist. Um, that's kind of it in terms of transfer news, things that are, are have happened. I uh, don't think there's anything else confirmed as yet. Uh, Wayne Hennessy, Onyeka. No, that is, and yeah, Lakonga was confirmed yesterday. Um, there is a, a quick look here at some current free agents and players who are looking for new clubs. I thought it could be an interesting little exercise to maybe place them with clubs. So the first one listed here is Gary Cahill, one of 11 players um, who were released by Crystal Palace this summer. I think they've, they've re-signed one, but it's a, you know, quite the call. Now, last season, he played nearly 2,000 minutes. He is 35, pushing 36. 
So you'd expect that, you know, he's towards the very end of his career. Now, I think he'll want to go somewhere and play. But I think the best use of him would be as a squad centre-back, that older presence, that leader. Now, if I look at Leicester and a potential starting trio of Johnny Evans, say Fafana to the right, Evans to the in the middle and Soyuncu on the left. If that's a back three, rumors are they're looking at bringing in Ozan Kabak. Now, there's also rumors that uh, Benkovic will leave this summer. So, if Benkovic were to leave, even with Kabak coming in, I think they could do it one more and one more experienced one, because Kabak is young. James Justin, who I think would play quite a bit in the back three, he's young. Fafana's young. Soyuncu's middle middle twenties, but he's still young enough. Only Evans is really experienced there, and if he's out of the team, they are lacking something. So, if the starting three is Fafana, Evans, and Soyuncu, and the backup two are Justin and Kabak, both more comfortable in those outside roles. Well, Gary Cahill might make sense as the backup to Johnny Evans in that central role. So that if Evans is out, you've still got that experience, you've still got that leader, you've still got that talker in there. I think Gary Cahill would make a lot of sense for them. They've brought in Ryan Bertrand on a free this summer already, so they're not afraid to bring in experienced players. I wonder if a one-year deal would get it done for Gary Cahill. Now, he may want to go and play somewhere else, in which case, I mean, maybe Norwich would be smart to look at look at him coming up as a newly promoted team. Maybe it would make sense for Norwich to take a look. But it's hard to see where Gary Cahill could go in the Premier League right now and start regularly. He's from just outside Sheffield. If he's happy to drop down a division, I mean, you know, he, he could he could go to Sheffield United. He wouldn't start there either. But it would be somewhat convenient for him. Um, neither of the Manchester clubs are going to want him. Stoke, maybe if he's if he wants to move back towards home, Stoke could make sense. They could do it, an experienced defender. Premier League is tough though. I think Leicester is the best option for him in the Premier League. Jerome Boateng is a free agent. Um, wouldn't be overly keen on signing him. A lot of injury problems and also very, very high wages. He's not going to sign somewhere where he's not getting big bucks. He's been linked so far to Roma and Monaco. The Athletic tried to link him to Tottenham. I think that would be just a disastrous move. They've already got Toby, an aging, injury-prone centre-back. I think it would be asking for trouble to put two of them together. If Boateng does come to the Premier League, though, you'd have to imagine Chelsea makes the most sense. In a back three, rotation of him and Thiago Silva could be something you'd look at. Again, if he's looking to be a starter, City won't want him. Now, if United fall short on Varane, it is somebody they could turn to. 
and maybe they push for Varane as a free agent next summer. But Boateng has plenty of time. He doesn't need to rush his decision. He's already said he's going to take things quietly uh, or take things slowly and he will pick a club when he feels the need. Andre Ayew is a free agent. I think he's the better of the Ayew brothers. Been at Swansea for the last few years, but he's away on a free now. He obviously went to um, West Ham in 2016 for 20 million and then moved back 18 months later for the same fee. Bit of a blow for Swansea to lose him on a free, having, you know, having shelled out that kind of money. I still think he can play in the Premier League, though. I think he's a good player. Um, you look at the last two seasons, 47 games, 18 goals, 47 games, 17 goals. He has performed at the championship level. He's only 31, turns 32 in December. Now, I don't think he's you know, going to track in, attract interest from a top six club or from a Leicester. West Ham, I don't think, would look to bring him back. But again, one of the newly promoted teams could absolutely do with that kind of experience and, and goal threat. Um, I think Burnley could do with his, his skill set. Pace, goals, versatility in attack, can play both wings or through the middle. Gives you the option of playing a three or two up front. He's a good player. I don't know that Burnley would... would be wise to turn their nose up at a guy like him. Leeds, just as another attacking threat, could make sense on a free. And Southampton, who badly need depth on a free transfer when they've got quite a few other things to do, maybe bringing in an AU on a free, makes sense for them. But I think Bur- I think Burnley and Southampton then will be the two best options for him. Um, Southampton might be a better fit. Dyche's way of playing is quite specific to how Dyche wants to play. But I do think he could play for, for Sean Dyche, and I think he could play for, for Southampton either. Um, Andy Carroll, I think, is a championship player, and I don't think there's any reason to look at him as anything else. Nikola Maksimovic, formerly of Napoli, Big, big unit of a centre-back. Can play right back, but you don't really want him there. A few years back, when he was at Torino, he was expected to become one of the more dominating centre-backs in Europe. He was 23, going 24. He was tremendous week after week after week. Um, Napoli signed him. I think they paid over 20. They got him on a loan with an obligation. I think they paid over 20 million for him. And he, it just never really worked for him. He spent a year on loan with Spartak Moscow, largely played right back, rarely got a run at centre back. Um, 28 goals in a se- 28 games in a season rather is his best. But I do think there's something there that he can offer to a Premier League club. Again, you're looking a depth piece. You're not looking at him to come in and start. You, you wouldn't want him to come in and start. But again, for a, you know, a Norwich, a Watford, Maybe even a Crystal Palace with them, with them trying to rebuild. He could be someone that makes sense. He could make sense for Brighton. They're, just, they're losing Ben White. I'd rather have Maksimovic than Nat Phillips, and he, he'd be free. 
the wages would be higher, you'd imagine, but he's a better player than Nat Phillips. Um, I think Watford could be the, the ideal fit, though. Patrick Van Aanholt is an interesting one. I thought he might go to Arsenal. They were looking for a backup. Left-back didn't happen. thought he could go to Leicester. Looking for a backup. Left-back, again, didn't happen. But there is now an opening at left-back at Southampton. They have bought one in, but they needed two to begin with. If they're bringing in Nico Williams, Nico could play right-back as the, as the backup to Walker-Peters. Van Aanholt, I think, could start for them. They, they did buy a good left-back, but... There'll be competition there. Southampton could be an option. Brighton could be an option. They desperately need a left-back. They are looking to bring in Mark Cucurella from Hitafe. So, you know, maybe he goes there. Maybe that that closes that door. Um, West Ham could do with a, a left-back. Cresswell is injury-prone. Masuaka is injury-prone. I think Van Aanholt's better than both of them. Now, Cresswell can play centre-back in a three as well. But that then opens up a wing-back spot. I think Van Aanholt would make sense for West Ham. Uh, and that is all of them. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll run through the gossip and we'll get done nice and quick today. See in a few. Right. Welcome back. We have some gossip to get through and, uh, and we'll get out of here nice and early today. Uh, this is just the first one is the, the Jordan Henderson story from the Athletic. Um, I don't think there's any possibility he's going to leave. And the idea that his future is uncertain is just a nonsense. Like, he'll, he'll be there for two more years. He'll probably be there a third year. At that point, he'll be 34. He's not going to be any less injury prone than he has been. It's just going to get worse. So, in all likelihood, he may be at the point where he either has to retire or drop down the leagues. Um, Chelsea know West Ham and England midfielder Declan Rice is keen to join them. And they will approach the Hammers to find out what it would take for a deal to be done. Rumours are West Ham's starting price is £100 million. Now that is obviously ridiculous. But if they're asking for 100 they probably want 80 80 is still ridiculous for Declan Rice. Ridiculous for Declan Rice. Um, I think West Ham, uh, rather Chelsea rather, will buy somebody else. I think they'll go in a different direction. I think Declan Rice is about to get priced out of the two moves he might like, Chelsea and United. And after that, I don't see a big move coming up for him anytime soon. If they both sign good holding midfielders, Liverpool won't need him. City won't need, won't need him. Don't ever see Tottenham spending that type of money or Arsenal. Now, Arsenal obviously spent it on Pepe. But I don't think they'd do it for Rice. United and Chelsea were sort of the, the two clubs you thought, well, one of them will go for Declan Rice. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, Man City are interested in sporting Lisbon and Portugal left-back Nuno Mendes, but are unwilling to meet the asking price. This is a story that went around in May. This is just regurgitation from my friend Mr. Romano. Atletico Madrid are adamant Kieran Trippier is not for sale amid interest from Manchester United, but the Spanish club would replace him with Nelson Semedo or Giovanni Di Lorenzo if he does leave. Di Lorenzo, I believe, is in the process of signing a new contract. Semedo would be interesting, and I think he'd probably jump at the opportunity to make that move. Um, 
I think Trippier probably ends up at United this summer. I think he'll force his way. I think he's a year left in his contract. I think he'll find a way to get there. Tottenham are in advance talks for Atalanta's centre-back, Christian Romero. Now, this is from Alistair Gould. So, Alistair Gould, brothers. The story was about Galena and Romero. It was not about one or the other. It was about the pair. It looks like the Galini deal is done. Whether or not the Romero side of it is 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 as advanced, I don't know. The story doesn't actually say that that side is as advanced. So um, wait and see. Alistair's always very clued in on Spurs. He's absolutely the best in the business for Spurs. So if you want to follow somebody for your best information on Spurs, Alistair Gold on Twitter, definitely the guy to go to. Um, really good reporter, really nice guy um, there at Football London. A couple of great reporters there working for that that outlet. Um, Wolves have been handed a chance to sign Martin Braithwaite. It's not a bad idea. I mean, he's a good player. He's not going to get you a ton of goals, but he'll certainly work very hard. he do well off Jimenez. So if they're going to play a front two, that could work. Arsenal remain outsiders in their pursuit for Manuel Locatelli, despite the willingness to match Sassuolo's £34 million demands with the 23-year-old set to choose Juventus due to the Champions League status. I think it's just that he wants to stay in Italy. And he's meant to be a Juve fan, so that probably figures into it. Uh, Real Madrid and France centre-back Rafael Varane is open to a move to, Premier, to the Premier League. And Manchester United are confident personal terms will not be. Of course there won't be a problem. Personal terms are never a problem for United because they just throw money at people. Now, Varane is still a very good defender. There's no doubt he's a very good defender. He is not the defender he was from, like, say, 2014 to 2018. He's not that guy anymore. He doesn't have that burning pace anymore. He's had to change his game to sort to get through the injury problems he had. He's still a good defender. And at 45 million, you're probably getting good value. You're not getting a bargain at that price though. Like this is not a thing where you're buying an 80 million defender at that price. He's probably a 45 to 50 million pound center back now. Um United are inching closer to finalising a deal for Varane, say, the Manchester Evening News. Well, if this is true, it'll be next summer um, by the time they inch their way across to Madrid. Alternatively, Napoli owner Aurelio De Laurentiis has rejected a £30 million bid from United for Kalidou Koulibaly, according to Gazeta dello Sport. Now, I can't remember. There's Gazeta dello Sport and Gazeta della Sport. One of them is quite good, and the other is a mess. Um, I'm not sure which this one is. I'm going to guess this one is the mess. United are willing to be patient in their pursuit of Eduardo Camavinga as they look to drive down the price, according to the Athletic. Um, I, I have doubts that they will land him. I think he either ends up at PSG or Real Madrid. United's French midfielder, Paul Pogba, Juventus's Portuguese striker Cristiano Ronaldo, and PSG's French forward Kylian Mbappe are among the players who could move on free transfers next summer. Well, that is just remarkable reporting ESPN. Well done, you've got access to transfer market. Uh, Southampton and England striker Danny Ings has his heart set on a move to Man United or Man City. But the South Club Coast are yet to receive an inquiry. I think he might want to lower his sights a little bit. All due respect, he's not 
that caliber player. Everton are interested in Burnley winger Dwight McNeil in a deal worth 25 million, but face competition from Aston Villa. I think Dwight McNeil is a tremendous player. I think he'd be brilliant at Everton with Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. His crossing, his ability to link with a fullback. They have Dinia, one of the best attacking fullbacks in Europe. I think that'd be tremendous. Great service down the left for those two attackers. Uh, Burnley have shown interest in Leon's Ivory Coast left back Maxwell Cornet. So he was a winger who's become a left back, and I think Dice would make him a winger again. Uh, Brighton are lining up a 15 million move for Nat Phillips to replace Ben White. It's from Talksport. We'll take it as we should with most things from Talksport. Newcastle and Brentford are looking at Mittelian's Jens Kahust after Ren's pursuit of the Sweden midfielder came to standstill. He's very, very good. Impressed against Liverpool in the Champions League. Big unit, carries the ball well. Very good physically. He'd be a good signing for either Brentford or Newcastle. Brentford obviously will have the inside track, given that, you know, they kind of own that club. Um, So that deal should get done very, very quickly. Uh, Barcelona have been offered the opportunity to sign Manchester United and Netherlands for Donny van de Beek with the Spanish club offering Samuel Umtiti as part of a swap deal. Barca are trying to swap everybody with everybody. That just seems to be what they're doing. They've no money, but they're trying to offer their own players that they don't want for other clubs' players. Uh, Leeds are considering a move for Dama Traore. I don't think Bielsa would put up with Traore. I think Bielsa would probably have a temper tantrum at Traore's inconsistencies. Now, he'd love the physical side of him. There's no doubt there. Um, Chelsea youngster Lewis Bates is attracting interest from Liverpool, West Ham, Leeds and Southampton with the England under-19 midfielder having just one year left in his deal. Now, I believe he's ruled out Liverpool because he feels that his path will be blocked there like it is at Chelsea. I think Leeds have done a great job signing young players, but I think West Ham could be a good option. If I was Crystal Palace... I'd be jumping on that. And there's a couple of others there at Chelsea. Young players, hugely talented, coming to the end of their contracts, a year left, looking to move on, not wanting to re-sign because they know there's no pathway into the first team. And I think Palace should literally be queuing up with the checkbook to pick them all off. Um, Fulham are most likely to sign Liverpool and Wales winger Harry Wilson. With the 24-year-old accepting he needs to move on a permanent basis for the good of his career. I think it's a good move for him. I think it's a decent move for Fulham. Born with their favourites to sign Scott Dan on a free transfer after the defender left Crystal Palace. Yeah, I mean, championship is where he should be at this point. He is injury prone, so that's a concern. I'd imagine maybe it's a pay-as-you-play deal. It wouldn't surprise me if Bournemouth came in for Gary Cahill either. Um, I think that's the, you know, they'll, they'll look to add experience this year. Um, that's how Fulham came up. I think Park will take a similar enough approach. And finally, Sheffield Wednesday are in talks to sign English free agent Jack Hunt, but face competition from Cardiff and Blackpool. Um, he was at Bristol Rovers, Bristol Rovers. Yeah. Bristol Rovers. I think he was originally at Sheffield Wednesday. If I'm not mistaken, he's played for them before. Um, decent player, solid defender. Uh, will be a will be a clever signing for you know for a club like Sheffield Wednesday where they are at the moment. Uh, that's it then. That is our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. Hopefully, 
in the next couple of days, we'll have a bit more news. We'll have some topics to get into. Um, I'll try and come up with some sort of listing or something to do tomorrow. And then Thursday will be questions day as always. So either tweet to Guy Drinkle at Guy Drinkle at Anfield Index or put it in the Anfield Index Pro Discord if you are a member there. There is a section for this podcast. So throw it in there and we'll get to those on Thursday. All right. Thank you as always. Thank you to Guy. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.